Welcome back to Wheel Well. My name is Elizabeth, and this is a place where you will hear stories from public transportation from my perspective in the driver's seat. I hope you enjoy. Listener's discretion advised. Well, today I had a doozy. It's a first for me, but it's a common thing. I don't know what I'd say common. It happens more frequently than you would hope on public transportation. But um, nevertheless, it happened to me this time. So I pick up a guy um, headed towards downtown. He wasn't really waiting for the bus. He was kind of standing near the bus stop. I had to um, wait out like a minute before I could leave at um, one of our regular time points and time points are just what keeps us on schedule so we don't run early too early that is and so I see him there I'm waiting and then he all of a sudden turns around and decides he wants the bus well he appears he really has nowhere else to go he's wearing you know he has a duffel bag and a backpack and he's wet like from the knees down on his pants and his he's got a full length like puffy jacket like I don't know, like full length, all the way down to his ankles. And it's um, wet from like the knees down. So he's been outside for quite some time. He gets on, so he has, says he doesn't have any fare. Kind of um, looks at me for a, a bit and like waiting for my approval or something. I'm not sure. And then he proceeds to sit down and he sits um, up near the front. So, which is whatever, it's fine. And I proceed downtown. He doesn't get off until the end. And then um, once we get down to like two stops from the end, I ask him if, he has, if he'd like a free pair of socks and some snacks because um, his feet probably are wet. And he said, oh my gosh, that'd be great. Um, and that was the end of the conversation. He got off the bus. He um, asked if he could ride it back the other way. And I was just like, yeah, I don't care. Um, a lot of operators will say no because there is a policy you have to have a destination just to keep um, people from riding the same bus with the same operator. So that usually just means you can't take this bus, you need to take the next one. Um, and so I didn't care, so I said sure. And so I said, what? Well, but we're here for like 15 minutes, so you'll have to get off the bus. So we got off the bus and I, you know, went over to the break room Um and came back and he got on the bus and we went on our way. Um, he got on the bus and really looked me like, stared at me kind of, kind of was slow to look at me. Um, it was just kind of this weird stare. And when we were close to the end, when I gave him the snacks, I said, he said he has nowhere to go. And I just said, um, well, have you checked into the shelters? And he said, oh, I, I can't go to the shelters. And I didn't really want to know from there why, so I didn't ask. Um, and when he got off the bus and I was waiting at the end of the line, I was there for a couple minutes and I called my husband and then I went into the break room. But all during this time that I was on the bus before I went into the break room, he's like staring at me from outside the bus, like not doing anything like just kind of like doing this creep stare. So anyways, he gets on the bus. We're traveling. So everything seems fine. Um, 
And I see he's sitting in the seat directly behind me, which <laughs> we call it the creeper seat because people who are creepy usually sit in the seat right behind the driver because we can't see that seat and they do creepy things sometimes. Um, I won't go into the list of things that happen in that seat, but oftentimes it's a problem. So I'm going along and he's kind of stretched out into the aisle, like his legs, he's sitting towards the center of the bus. He's not facing forward because the seats face inwards um, in that specific area, in the priority area. And so he's kind of lounging in that seat, not fully stretched out, but his legs are somewhat in the aisle. And so I can see like movement and I was like, oh my gosh, is he shivering? And I'm like, no, he's not shivering. And it was this in the pants sort of movement, consistent. I don't think I need to go into much more detail about what it may have looked like, but I couldn't figure out how to manage it because I can't assume that he was being inappropriate, but I can't necessarily wait to see if it's inappropriate. So I was kind of trying to figure out for blocks and blocks, like trying to figure out what I should do because I can't prove it. So it's not something I can really like call the police about or call dispatch about. So, and it was halfway, like, it was back at the stop where he got on it that I realized, oh, 100% he's doing what I think he's doing. And then as I was dropping off some passengers, two people came up to go out the front door and said, you know, you have a guy masturbating in the front of the bus. And I was like, yeah, I wasn't sure, but thank you for confirming. So I actually went to the next bus stop and told him he had to get off because I didn't want him to interact with these people who were kind enough to tell me what they saw. And so I just said, you got to get off the bus. And he's like, why? And I'm like, get off the bus. Like, I'm not going to call him out and be like, cause you're masturbating on the bus. Like I would have, if he kept pressing me, but I just said, you got to get off the bus. So he comes up and stands at my security door and he's just staring at me. And I said, get off the bus. He's like, but why? And I said, get off the bus right now. And like, he kind of (laughs) jumped and stepped off the bus. And like, when he got off, I noticed his, the coat he was wearing was like over his lap. And he was like holding the coat and the top of his pants, which again, isn't proof, but in a sense confirms that he was doing what was assumed he was doing. And I'm not sure if the other passengers saw like, parts or if they just also made the same assumption based on movements underneath the clothing and the coat so again this isn't common but it happens more than you would think on public transportation the grossest part is that he was staring at me like and I'm I'm like oh is it because I was kind to him and I don't think so because I think that may be why he's not able to be at the shelters he might have some mental um I don't know, something that causes him to not be able to act appropriately. Um, so I feel for him in the sense that it may, may or may not be controllable and, but he can't do it on the bus and you can't be gross to me and me have to tolerate it. So I yelled at him, told him to get off the bus and he did. And I called dispatch and told them what I noticed and 
gave them a description so they could put it out to the other operators um, so they we don't pick him up again for the day. And um, there's probably not a dispatch call for it because of the sensitive nature of the call. But that was my experience with that today. And it does not change my feelings about helping those in need. I just hope that he gets the help that he needs and doesn't hurt anybody. One really strange thing about this job is that I have learned some coping skills in way of possible trauma. I've had a couple things happen which have caused my trauma response to engage, which often for me is complete blank. I forget what people look like. I forget the smaller details. So when my intuition kicks in, I start to take notice of those small details that could potentially be things I need to know later. So I usually will write down a description, what they look like, what they're wearing, <clears throat> if I remember where they got on, um, just little details that if I have to have police interaction, then I have those details. Um, another thing that I did was when I noticed that um, this could get strange and that I felt a little bit like he was possibly targeting me in a strange sort of way, I didn't know what was going to happen. So I prepare for the worst, which um, I wear glasses, but I put a surgical mask on. I sometimes will wear a mask if it seems some of the people on my bus are sick, I'll put a mask on or things like that, but I don't usually wear a mask all day, every day. So I had put on a surgical mask when I took down the description of this man, because what if he then like threw whatever happened in my face or tried to touch me or at least parts of my body were covered that could potentially be a health hazard. I mean, it's a health hazard regardless, but, um, I don't want my mouth or my nose to be exposed. So those are just some things that I do preemptively. Um, when my intuition kicks in, you know, it's strange because we can't really trust our intuition, but sometimes that intuition is right. And so, just to be prepared in case that intuition is correct um, is important, especially in a job where things are unpredictable. So those are just some things about transit that are not necessarily hard, you know, often. It's pretty rare in the amount of hours I work, um, situations that I'm put in that are trauma, possible trauma-inducing um, is rare. So... I'm grateful for that, and I'm grateful that I didn't have an interaction that would need the details to which I wrote down or that my mask was needed, but um, another thing, too, about wearing a mask, um, oftentimes if I have somebody on my bus who appears to, like, have a cold, I'll put a mask on, or someone's on the bus and they're coughing and not covering their mouth, or you know, respiratory things that are audible or visible. And I really should wear a mask all of the time, but I just have a hard time with them. So 
it's another germy kind of a job where germs are everywhere. So I try not to touch the poles in the bus or, um, and I sanitize the area that I'm, that I sit in all day. But, um, my office, (laughs) my, my cockpit is not my own. I, it's not just something that I have. I, every day I get a new bus. So somebody else has touched it a lot. So like other operators and the cleaners and, um, there's yard people who work in the yard who move buses. So trying to stay as healthy as possible during this cold and flu season. So I hope you as also are staying healthy and, um, enjoying the holidays. Um, it's before Thanksgiving or it's after Thanksgiving and before Christmas, which I always find is a magical time of year as we prepare for Christmas. Um, So I hope you all have a wonderful day and week and I wish you all the best and I'll talk to you next time. Thank you for being here. Check out the show notes for links and information on how to get involved. And it really helps if you would subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Keep kindness rolling.